Ladies and gentlemen, we promised you a great podcast, and here it is. This is Wrestle Chat. It is the Territory Tales episode four, covering the November 28th, 1981, and the first week of December of Mid-Atlantic Championship Wrestling. I am your host, Cody Omak. Joining me as always, it is Smokin' J.T. Smitty, my partner now, but I believe at one time he was the partner of uh, Jake the Snake Roberts, him and anybody else who shows up in that company, I, I think. <laughs> I'd be willing to partner up with that great Texan any day of the week. Let me tell you. All right. It is November 28th, 1981. We are going to be covering Mid-Atlantic Championship Wrestling, both television tapings. That is the the idea between this show. We are going through, as always, the oldest uh, territory videos on the WWE Network. Two weeks at a time, we're covering Mid-Atlantic Championship Wrestling. But next week... Finally, we will have the debut of, uh, which one is it, Mid- World Class? Uh, so next week is the debut of Mid-South. Mid-South Championship Wrestling. So we've made our way from uh, from September 1981 uh, all the way to December, and that is when Mid-South will debut. So eventually we're going to be covering Mid-Atlantic, Mid-South, and World Class. Right now, just two weeks of Mid-Atlantic Championship Wrestling. Next week will be the December, uh, what is it, December... Well, uh, yep, should be December yep, 12th, December 12th. of Mid-Atlantic and Mid-South Championship Wrestling. Yeah, let's take you back to November 28th, 1981. The number one song in America, well, as you can hear, it is Let's Get Physical by Olivia Newton-John. The number one movie in America, can you believe it? It is the Looney, Looney, Looney Bugs Bunny movie. This isn't the number one movie. This is the movie that was released on November 28th. What is going on in this movie? Well, Yosemite Sam's courts Granny with evil intentions for the $50 million that she has inherited, but Bugs Bunny overhears his scheming and thwarts Sam under the guise of another suitor and later plays Granny himself, kind of a, uh, uh, a little red riding hood thing going on there. In the end, Yosemite Sam dies after being crushed by a safe that Bugs Bunny drops on him and lands in hell. Satan, this is crazy, Satan offers to give Sam another chance in life provided that uh, he, sends someone, he sends someone in his place. Sam agrees and as a Roman guard captain, an Arab, and in his usual cowboy guys, all three attempt to kill Bugs Bunny. Un- <laughs> I've never, I've never heard I've, that sounds I've never seen that either <laughs> alright we are WrestleChat you can find us on anchor.fm forward slash WrestleChat that is where this very podcast is we are on Twitch uh, on Thursdays at 9pm that's talking about modern day wrestling AEW and NXT and you can join our Facebook group at facebook.com WrestleChat and what else we got Twitter that's WrestleChat We talk about Territory Tales here on this show. We talk about modern-day wrestling on Twitch Live. Join us there. Let's get underway. Justin, what do you say? Let's do it. Time for some not wrestling, but some wrestling. uh, Justin over here is the David Crockett to my Bob Cottle. That's how how I picture this show. I like I need to have a better suit. All right. November. I want one of those flannel suits. Uh, Well... If you live in Canada, uh, wearing the flannel suit is just par for the course. Uh, as soon as soon as the snow starts falling, it's normal. Uh, yeah, you our all our biggest TV uh, and movie stars. They don't we don't show up in tuxedos to our award shows. We get handed out uh, golden maple syrup awards wearing flannel. So. <laughs> 
We are in. I November, love maple syrup. <laughs> November 28th at 1981. Here is the rundown. Crockett and Cottle giving us, telling us that Jake, Blackjack Mulligan will be here teaming with Jake the Snake Roberts. We will have Anderson teaming with Roddy Price. Junior or senior? Uh, this will be Mulligan Sr., although Mulligan Jr. will be making his uh, debut shortly. We'll have Anderson and Piper on the same team. We will see the Ninja again and Sergeant Slaughter. Our opening contest is one half of the Russians. It is Nikolai Volkov and Charlie Fulton versus Black Jack Mulligan and Jake the Snake Roberts. So let's have a little look at uh, Black Jack Mulligan here. Who is Black Jack Mulligan and... A legend. This is our first look at him, an absolute legend, uh, as you say. So we are going to take a look at his uh, wrestling career here. Um, he has debuted in, well, a debut in 1967. So at this point is a 14-year uh, veteran. Um, teaming with Blackjack Lanza to form the legendary Blackjacks team in the WWF. Returned to singles wrestling in Jim Crockett Promotions, which we are looking at now, where he would go on to hold the spoiler alert and the spoiler alert with spoiler alert. So we're not going to give away any of that stuff. But <laughs> uh, did you know that Blackjack Mulligan often battled Andre the Giant, feuding in many different regions in the early 1980s? Uh, then he was brought to, of course, come to fame in uh, WWF. But here he is in Mid-Atlantic Championship Wrestling now. Legendary wrestling family, as he is the father of uh, Barry Windham. Who at this time. And uh, also the, uh, what is he, the, isn't he related to, yeah, he is uh, the father-in-law of Mike IRS. And the grandfather of Bray Wyatt and Bo Dallas. So, uh, what, what a package. Wrestling royalty. Wrestling royalty, as you say. Um, he is teaming with Jake the Snake Roberts here. So we get a, we get underway. Nikolai Volkov slams Blackjack Mulligan, who is absolutely towering in this match. He's huge. I mean, they're, all four guys are big guys. I mean, only person who's probably giving up a little bit of weight is uh, skinny mini Jake Roberts, but he's still a tall guy. And he's he's the second tallest guy in the match, right? Uh, actually, Nikolai Volkov right. himself is uh, is pretty tall. So he also – Volkov. They're all big huge. guys, yeah. Uh, Blackjack hits an impressive slam on uh, Nikolai hits an impressive slam on Blackjack but Blackjack Mulligan slams him right back causing Cotton to say sending him a message right back another tag partner for Jake who has some new boots now they are red and blue with a gold snake trim looking pretty smart but uh, I, I think I don't know it wouldn't be more interesting if this guy had like a regular tag team partner instead of he just switch, switches back and forth every week it's a different guy I, I like I like this it's because to me I think Jake's still kind of finding his groove here. So I like that he's one of the top stars and he's just mixing it up with everybody. And the way these territories seem to be doing it is all the faces just tend to gang up or team up against the heels who all tend to gang up, if you know what I'm saying. It's kind of like uh, these two halves of the roster are at war with each other. Right. Like, Jake wants to get Ole Anderson so bad, he doesn't give a shit who, who his partner is. Like, I'll take exactly. anybody, anybody on any week and get, and get with these guys. Um, Black Jack Mulligan hits a claw hold on Charlie Fulton 
And here comes the Russian, Connell exclaims as Nikolai is, is tagged in. Nikolai breaks up the pin, but Jake hits him with a beautiful dropkick that sends him right out of the ring, and Mulligan slams Fulton for a win. A win on a body slam. Nice. And that was a big body slam. Now, I couldn't tell because the camera cut away. I, I noticed a couple of things at the beginning of this particular episode. Uh, when Connell does his intro... Uh, Crockett's kind of like motioning like something's happening before it should happen and he's kind of like got this like why no 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 this is not supposed to happen yet and then with the ending of that match you'll notice the camera kind of cuts away uh, for the finish so we don't know if it's a body slam or like a running power slam and so um, I noticed there was a little bit of production even little, back then a little bit of you know snapping. we talk about what's going on yeah we talk about what's going on with AEW they're trying to catch their stride Maybe this show is still trying to catch their stride in these days. That's, um, yeah, it's interesting because I, I noticed and a, it's couple pre -recorded. Of, a couple of it's times like at the too. booth as well where they're, they're having like a little bit of timing problems when they throw into the matches. But I thought like, well, it's all pre-recorded. Like how hard can it, how hard can throw into these matches be? Yeah. I don't know. I guess they can't do a re a re or a redo. I guess they just try to, learn, to say. Actually, I'd be interested to learn how these form formattings were done because I thought, like, you got all the matches in the can, and like they do. Then they do the, the, uh, the kind of the intro afterwards. But maybe it's all perhaps it's all filmed at this at the same time. Yeah, I think it's what you said to me earlier in the day, where maybe they do like a whole day of taping or two two straight days of taping, which I think they did do for the next episode and they just take the things that they like and do a little bit of mix and matching, but more or less it's like, all right, one take, let's do it. But whatever happens, happens. Mulligan says the big dog is back in town. He's never seen so many big time wrestlers in one place. Bob Cottle puts over Sandy Scott, the troubleshooting matchmaker. Why are we looking at this, this goofball coming out now every five minutes? He's like, like the gorilla like monsoon back there. Put myself in every segment. He's like he's like uh, Jack he's like Jack Tunney or Gorilla Monsoon. Yeah, you know like, what happened with Jack Tunney? Uh, you know what happened every time Jack Tunney came to the ring? They booed him and threw Coca-Cola bottles at him. They hated him. <laughs> Nobody wants to see a big fat guy in a suit trying to put himself over. Cut to Sandy Scott. What is Sandy Scott doing? He's giving a promo. He's lining up some big salary wrestlers. Well, how is he doing that? How about a 1982 Cadillac? $20,000 Cadillac. He's been talking about this damn Cadillac for two and a half, for two two weeks already, right? I know you're giving away a Cadillac. They, but but that's what's bring. That's what makes you like stick to the TV tube. It's like, oh, that's right. When's that event coming up? Who's gonna be in it? And they keep bringing in more and more people. We got Blackjack Mulligan Senior in there now. We got Junior in there now. I'm telling you. The the pot the what's the word? The, they keep uh, adding to the pot. The pot's getting bigger. All right. So uh, there's one car for lots of top talent. Of course, they are arranging a tournament for the 1982 pink Cadillac, brand new Cadillac, mind you, not secondhand, brand new, fully loaded. Cadillac. Here's the thing. I figured something out. It's not one car. What they were doing in this ter in these territory days is it's kind of like. Um, a plot device and they know that each region is like okay only these people over here in like the carolinas are going to see this only the people in like atlanta are going to see that 
they put on multiple Cadillac tournaments depending on what region was showing what TV show. Yeah, so, so, so it's like they, you know that they have the Cadillac because Sandy Scott won't shut the fuck up about it on television. So like, okay, if I'm in Carolina, I can see the t- tournament for the Cadillac, but also the people over on the other state, on the other side, oh, they can see the tournament for the Cadillac too. So the Cadillac is making its rounds through the house show circuit. Yeah, and it allows for them to have different results so that, like, I guess whoever's maybe the hometown hero or whatever, whoever's, like, the biggest star in that region can get the win because um, I have seen three different winners for the Cadillac. I have a theory. We'll talk about that later. But I have a theory as well. Uh, That big, fat, treacherous lech Sandy Scott... uh, thought this whole thing up so he could buy himself a brand new fucking Cadillac with the company's money. <laughs> well, they I'm sure they raked in a lot of uh, revenue from those ticket sales because I remember one of them had like 15,000 people in attendance and that's just one of those tournaments. There's one car they have for lots of top talent and the talent is coming. They mention again Tommy Rich who is a top boy, number one. Here comes Sergeant Slaughter. There is another video of Tommy Rich, who Sergeant Slaughter puts over strong, saying that he is like a Ricky Steamboat-style wrestler, putting him over pretty well. Piper comes out, and he and Slaughter commentate on the Tommy Rich footage. Tommy Rich wins the match with a pretty terrible Fez press. And this is no, what are you talking about? Go. He hit it off the ropes perfectly. Comes off clean, lands it, presses his body down, puts all his body weight down. Yes, one, you have two, perfectly three. described a Fez press, which is one of the worst finishing maneuvers in the history of professional wrestling. It's just so underwhelming. What do you, t- dude? You don't get it. Back then, that was the bee's knees. Like, it was like, oh my god, you see, like, put all his weight. It's down. so anticlimactic. Like, okay, you, you you jump on this guy and you trapped his shoulders down and you pinned him. I will tell you, what ten times works, ten times more exciting than the Fez press was Blackjack Mulligan's body slam. At least a, a little bit of impact in there, you know, a little bit of something. You you, you got to remember, back in those days, anything off the ropes was considered a high risk maneuver. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You, he's coming at him like a freight train. They also uh, they also say, don't forget that Angelo Mosca is coming. And what's this? Hammer. That's exactly what the right hand is. It must feel like a hammer when you get hit with it. You know, Vince, many times. It's Vince. McMahon doing a little bit of commentary on Angelo Mosca's matches. Can you believe that we just heard Vince McMahon on Mid-Atlantic Championship Wrestling, of all things? Is this, uh, were they using WWF footage then? It must be. I think that was, was it AWA? There's no way Vince McMahon was commentating an AWA match. He only ever did WWF, so it must have been using uh, Federation footage. Oh, I could have sw- Oh, man. I'm trying to remember where uh, Angelo Mosca was at this point in oh. the 80s. I could have swore it was AWA, but maybe I'm wrong. Well, let's take a quick cursory look. A, a quick gander. A gawk, if you will. I, as far as I know, he never uh, he never did any commentary for, for AWA. Although I, I could be mistaken, but I would assume it must have been uh, WWF because, I mean, there's no way Vince McMahon's sitting at an AWA booth commentating for a different company, right? Anyway, it's interesting uh, to see him. Well, they ended up buying him. Maybe he had something to do with it because they ended up buying everybody up in town. 
Mosca gets a dominant win with a lovely backbreaker and uh, the heels. Once again, seem afraid of this guy, King Kong Mosca. This is somebody I've, I've really never, uh, I've only heard of in passing, never seen him in action before. But I guess I can say the same thing about Tommy Rich. So, of course, I'm excited to see both of these guys come over and see what uh, see what they got, see what they're bringing to the table. I like Mosca's style. He just beats you down while you're on the ground, too. And he's like, taunting you, get up. I hope he comes get with up. Captain Lou Albano. So it must have been WF because Captain Lou is, is there. Oh, of course. Of course. It, it, yeah, we saw Lou Albano on the last side, of course. Uh, so, yeah. Yep, you're uh, right. In 1981, World Wrestling Federation. You are correct. Keep in mind, folks, now, we are, we are not – the whole premise of this show is that we are not kayfabe experts. We're just a couple of goofball marks. You know, we all know nothing. We're not claiming to be we're experts. Pretending. We're just we're enjoying it and experiencing this stuff for the first time. So, you know, if you're listening to this and you're like, hey, you idiots – that was Vince McMahon. He was in the AWA in 1981. Everybody knows that. Hey, we didn't know that. So, you know, give us a break, goddammit. <laughs> now Bob Cottle is in the back with the Blackjack talking about the car again. Blackjack Mulligan says he needs to win because he's driving a pickup truck that has a broken heater. And if he doesn't get this car, his wife and kids will leave him. <laughs> Pretty funny. He's a great promo. Yeah, he puts over uh, Angelo Mosca, calling him a big, nasty cheater. Uh, it recalls the days where they were playing football, and nobody else would dress with him. They made him dress in his own locker room because everybody hated him. Even though Angelo Mosca played in the Canadian Football League, and Blackjack Mulligan did not. But uh, he had a little bit of a stretch there, but they're, they're trying. Well, I like when they connect it to, uh, you know, any sort of history or the, what do like you call Bottle it? Exp- and exp- just said, like, we just said that he was a part of the Canadian Football League, which hilariously Cottle calls the Rough League. And uh, then Mulligan, who never played there, immediately after that is like, we used to play on the same team. I don't know about that. <laughs> Maybe he meant one of them is straight, now one of them's gay. Oh, my Lord. Blackjack Mulligan has a problem with John <laughs> Studd because he put his hands on Junior. I couldn't tell by the quick look, but it must be Barry Windham. Uh, yep, yep. It was uh, Blackjack Mulligan Jr., which is Barry Windham, as we all know. And uh, John Studd, he's going to the ring. And I guess uh, Mulligan, he must have said something to Mulligan Jr. And he gets in his face about it. But while his friends are holding him back, John Sutton takes a cheap shot. Just a big cuff. I wouldn't want to get hit with, the, with oh. that hand. Man. That thing is like a paint can. Yeah, it's a big John Sutton. You don't want that hand coming, on, coming downward Slaughter on Slaughter issues a challenge to Wahoo McDaniel and says Wahoo was too scared to take the challenge. Can't say that uh, You can't say that he's wrong because he clearly came out with the open contract. And uh, who fought him? Nobody. Now he says he's challenging anyone since Wahoo was too cowardly to uh, come up for him. So Mulligan Jr., Youngblood, Ricky Steamboat, whoever. This seems like a face thing to do, don't don't you think? That uh, the uh, like we've talked uh, no, about No, he's he's, he's lying. He's he's bullshit and oh, he's, he's, he's been ducking he's been ducking everybody. He's been that ducking Wahoo McDaniel. Bastard. He tricked he's me. only I fell he's for one it. of those you, you remember how Eric Bischoff was like, I'm gonna challenge Vince McMahon and Vince McMahon doesn't show up obviously because it's WCW. Yeah. It's like the same it's like the same thing with Sergeant Slaughter. He's going to house shows challenging Wahoo McDaniel and Wahoo McDaniel's like in a different, he's working a different town, working a different show. So he knows. 98, I believe I ordered that pay-per-view at my friend Bobby Boucher's house. And uh, (laughs) I cannot tell you how disappointed I was that Vince McMahon was not 
at the show as I was 12 years old and uh, lost by count. He was coming. I mean, bitch. they advertised the match. But the funny thing was, uh, I rented that video. That video came to the video uh, store, and they actually like on the back, so like VHS, right? On the back actually advertises Eric Bischoff versus Vince McMahon. Mm. But it was just in wording, right? No, no likeness was used, correct? No, I mean, no, no likeness was used. Just it was on the card, yeah. though. It's funny that they put yeah. it on the card. Clearly, he, he he was never there. But I suppose Bischoff <laughs> won by countout, so that's in the history. He books. did. It is. He says didn't anybody. Sergeant Slaughter out, says. Did, go on. Didn't Vincent Man count out God? He gave oh, God yeah, a countout. Right. <laughs> and your partner, God. <laughs> Sergeant Slaughter says, if anyone can break out of the Cobra Clutch, they will get one thousand dollars. Now we get the Jim Nelson match. Uh, Jim Nelson has not lost a match since joining the core. He makes quick work of Keith Larson, finishing him with a Cobra Clutch. Excellent. If Nelson ever embarrasses me, he'll be running 25 miles full pack at 0500, Slaughter says, which causes uh, Cottle to actually break out in uncontrollable laughter, which is pretty funny. you got to love Sergeant Slaughter's delivery. He's really good, and I think it's good to stick this private Nelson with him to kind of – it's like if you're a drill sergeant, you got to have someone to order around, right? Yes, yeah. It's, it's great. And it's also like uh, he's elevated this guy from – uh, we'll call them journeymen. Uh, now, well, he's he finally won a match on lose, TV. Lose, lose, lose. Now he can beat the other guys. He can't beat the yep. star, got but a... he can beat the other jobbers. And he's got a finisher. And he's got a finisher. I, uh, yeah, really cool that he's using utilizing Sergeant Slaughter's finisher. as Who better to teach you the Cobra Clutch than Sergeant Slaughter? Steamboat comes out. He wants Piper. But he needs help because Piper won't give him a title shot. So he has asked the audience to write in. And he has a bag full of mail that is, believe it or not, filled with letters addressed to Santa Claus. Oh, no, wait. That's the miracle on 24th Street. <laughs> These ones are advocating that Piper should get a, uh, a rematch with Steamboat. And you know, the funny thing about this is I absolutely believe that these letters were real. Oh, I believe so, too. Or maybe not all of them, but definitely a good amount. A good amount. Um, I never knew that uh, Steamboat, like, when we first started watching, that he would get so so much promo time and so many interview segments. Because, like, the last thing I, I would think about Steamboat is that he's a guy that would get two or three minutes of talking time every week. But he's great. Yeah, because I'll be honest. I only knew his promos from his the Dragon character from WWF. I didn't know NWA Steamboat and how. I'm not gonna say he's an, he's excellent on the mic, but he, he's no he's, he's no slouch. Yeah, yeah he's, he's good. Too bad he can, for he's Steamboat a, though. Roddy Piper has already pinned him in street clothes, so he's not about to give this this Joker a title shot. He pinned him in his street clothes already. Well, if he gets enough uh, demand from the public, Sandy Scott, the official matchmaker, I'm sure he'll have something to say about that. If he gets if he gets a few more bags of mail, he'll get another uh, title shot with Roddy Piper. But if he collects, uh, if he cuts out a few more um, coupons off the Captain Crunch box, he can send them in for a spinning top from Kellogg's. You know, I used to do that. I used to cut off the the the. the I used purchase. to do it too, but I never sent anything in. 
I always thought I was going to finish the collections, but I, I, never, I always changed my mind when I got to the store. I was like, I want this cereal this time. So you can't, you just can't spread out your cereal buying. That's how they get you to buy the same cereal again and again every week. That's true. I never, I never even heard back if I won or not. I don't even know who won the freaking contest I entered those proofs of purchase for. I think I got robbed. Uh, I remember when Sugar Smacks was giving away a twenty thousand dollar nineteen eighty two pink Cadillac. Anyway, now it's the Ninja versus Vinny Valentino. Uh, this guy, so they say, Billy Valentino look, weighs two hundred and forty pounds. Bullshit. This guy maybe one seventy. Maybe he, he looks like a high school art teacher. He could be. He could be two. He could be in the lower two. Maybe not. Maybe, two. This maybe guy could wouldn't weigh two hundred and forty. He wears wearing metal boots. Uh, Ninja's pre-match and match gear is awesome. Uh, and when he when he takes it off, he's now he's wearing a totally different. Uh, his face is painted totally different than it was from last week. But I don't think like if you were like a kid watching this, you'd be absolutely terrified of this guy for the time that it's in. He looks really cool. Oh, oh yeah, you would definitely be scared because you never saw anything like that back then. People would paint on their face. He blows away some green mist before he starts the match. He absolutely dominates old Vinny with chops and knee drops. His manager Holiday gets on commentary as the ninja hits a thunderous chop. Holiday is nothing special. He has another magazine though and says. He's, he shows Cottle an article. I don't know what magazine this would be in, but he shows Bob Cottle an article about how the Dallas Cowboys practice karate in between their games. And who is the centerfold in this <laughs> magazine? The Ninja. Bullshit that either of these things are true. The Dallas Cowboys Mi did not practice karate between their shows at their games, and there's no way the ninja is a centerfold in a magazine. He debuted last week, and nobody knows who he is. So I mean, maybe, show maybe, me the magazine maybe ninja, or shove it he, up your ass, Holiday. He, he's the karate trainer. That's why they won all them damn Super Bowls. Ninja, <laughs> the <laughs> Dallas Cowboys practicing karate under the tutelage of the ninja. Okay, whatever you say, Holiday. Ninja By the way, Vinny Valentino is down. definitely 240. I'm looking at him now. He's he's definitely 240. That guy ain't no two, the his. ninja, maybe, but not the other guy. No, Ninja's actually a shorter guy. He's actually even shorter. Vinny Valentino, is, he, I, he weighs that much. 240 pounds is a lot of weight. Not, not like I know like wrestling weight is blowing Vinny, up proportion. There's no way. Vinny Valentino's he's a big guy, though. He's not a small guy. He's a big guy. I'm looking right at him. That's a 185. big dude. 185. Ninja with a lovely hip toss takedown. A slam goes to the second rope and hits a diving headbutt. No one gets up from that, Cottle says, even though he's only been here for two weeks. But that is the end of the match. Uh, I guess he'll go on the uh, the centerfold and then he'll go teach the Rockefeller dancers how to put uh, their heads <laughs> on, How to put their heads Well, he is good with them kicks. The karate's good with the kicks. <clears throat> the rockets. All right, we are moving on to our... Uh, our main event of the evening, I, I believe this is no, yes, yes. This it is Roddy is. Piper and Ole Anderson versus two guys from the YMCA. Uh, Kurnow <laughs> as well and be. Tony Anthony. What as what as Vince McMahon would say, that's not fair. <laughs> Give these guys some competition. Well, hey, listen, if Kurnow and Anthony steal a win, that's going to shoot them right to the top with the bullet. 
Ole Anderson is excellent working some mat wrestling and powering Anthony's hand down to the mat as he tries to get a three count from the referee. The shoulders down to the mat thing has next to zero psychology going into it today. Uh, yeah, it's 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 like it's like just uh they go through the motions. Um, so this is pretty interesting because like Ole's obviously bigger and stronger. He's on top of him and he's twisting his arm and then like just pinning his arm down to the mat just to to try and get that that three count. But as one arm is up, there's not going to be a count. And it made me think that they don't really utilize any of that kind of uh, thought today. Like you never see anybody specifically trying to pin somebody's shoulders anymore. And, and I think some of that also goes on the ref, maybe the refs nowadays. Refs need to be checking for those two shoulders on the mat. I don't care if they're in a freaking rest hold or uh, trying to actually pin the person. They need to be on that mat saying, can I put my hand under there? And, and if the I see that, say, okay. What, uh, the referees do what the, people, the, what the old Vince McMahon tells them to do, you know? If he doesn't give a well, shit for, about put, pinning the shoulders down, then the refs don't care. Supposedly... From what I read, even in WWF, they're supposed to treat it as a shoot. The referee is supposed to pretend what they're seeing is real. So uh, a well-seasoned ref should know, oh, this guy is in danger of having both his shoulders on the mat. Let me check. Let me slide. Can I, oh, I can't. One. Up, oh, get the shoulder. I did not. Stop see, like, I, I know that, like, so if you're, what you're saying is true, but... I just think like they're not they're definitely not going to interfere with all the uh, special moves that a guy is hitting to get in there and make a one count because somebody's shoulders are down. You know, they're not going to break up the rhythm of a modern match. And that and that goes back to what I was saying about they just go through the motions is all everything's about spots and special moves here and there. So it's like you can't even wrestle. You can't even do what you said you're supposed to be doing. Wrestle. Piper gets tagged in. I love watching him work every week. It is absolutely my my favorite part about going back to these. I like shows. his attire. He yeah, he looks really cool in the green and uh, green and red tartan. He uh, no sells absolutely everything from Anthony, just shrugging everything off. He doesn't even have to hulk up because nothing affects him anyway. And a lovely hold the arm behind the back slam. Ole comes off the top rope with a knee off the tag. They keep working the arm. Beat on him! Piper's yelling from the uh, from the tag corner as he gets tagged back in, and they take turns stomping and twisting the arm. Uh, some lovely spinning arm holds, a la Terry Funk. It kind of looks like Terry Funk's spinning leg lock. Uh, the, the standing figure four spinning leg lock, but Piper's doing it on the arm. Ole gets tagged back in and just locks the arm up again, and they get the win. After three minutes of mercilessly beating on the arm, the faces don't get the chance to come back. They don't get the hot tag. This guy just quits because his arm is all mangled. Ole Anderson with the original disarm her. My big takeaway from, from watching these last uh, two months is that Ole Anderson is awesome. He's, I believe he's the booker at this time. He's a great heel. He's a great character. He knows how to build a, a match, a storyline. You can just um, tell like, how, how much he, he was, had, had taught to Arn Anderson because they work exactly the same style. You know? Good point. Anderson and, and Piper um, yeah. beat on the two, uh, these two YMCA, these two guys who are, should look like they should be relaxing at the YMCA after the match. They beat on them just for the shit of it, I guess. There's no real reason to do it. They just do it. So Roberts and Steamboat come out and get their hands on them, and it is on. Anderson takes a powder and goes under the top, uh, goes under, under the top rope, goes under the bottom rope and pulls Piper out. Very unsatisfying. I, I am chomping at the bit to see these guys wrestle, I gotta tell you. 
Actually, this is satisfying because you don't – these guys have been talking and talking and talking for weeks. We've never seen them touch on TV. And this is the first time where you finally see Steamboat, you know, get his hands on Piper yes. for a little yeah. bit. And you I finally get to see Jake Roberts get his hand. So I like this. This is I a was very about that too, but beautiful so burn. But that's what I mean. It's all about selling that, that you know, when, the, when they come to the Coliseum, you know, and say, buy those tickets. I like it. I wish we could. If I had a time machine, you know, that um, I'd have been there. R- remember, right. we're, not, we're not in the land of uh, TV really yet. This is still you go to see wrestling live. And if you're lucky, you catch it at midnight yeah. on Saturday yeah. night on the, the TV. The shows are more, more so, of a commercial and advertisement. For, exactly. For so for what, it's, for what it's trying to do back in this time, I'm loving it. Steamboat and Jake are sick of this. That easily. What I want to talk about is Ole Anderson. Ole, it has not ended. It will never end. Either I'm going to have to go, or the Minnesota Wrecking Crew is going to have to be totaled out, set aside, and gone. Because we don't need you around Charlotte, North Carolina. We don't need you in Virginia. We don't need them in wrestling. That's what it is. We just don't need them in. I'm going to have to be gone, or the Minnesota Wrecking Crew is going to have to be totaled out, Jake says. Pretty cool. But this is the same old song and dance, you know. They get their hands on them for a second, and then they get, Jake goes to the inter- interview, and he's like, when I get you, I'm going to get you. And then he never gets him. So let them fight, I believe. Sake. Troubleshooting matchmaker Sandy Scott, let them fight. I, I'm pretty sure they fight during house shows and those those crowds go wild to finally see him get their hands on them all right that is the show a very entertaining and exciting show um i love this from top to bottom nice to see blackjack come in and uh, we get a little tease for big john stud who i can't wait to see and let's move along uh, unless you got anything else to say about this one uh no i loved it um i like how like you said they introduced new new players which is very important especially since they're building up that big cadillac tournament or battle royale and so in order to make people want to buy those tickets to go see it live in person you got to have those big names and they're doing a great job with their weekly show i wonder what it costs to get into those shows i want to guess that's the that's what i mean i bet you and i with with chump change today could go back there and ball out because i bet they're i bet the most expensive ticket was probably like 50 bucks if I had like, like, uh, like Doc Brown and Marty McFly were like, ah, oh, we're gonna go back, like 1981, uh, you know, people, like, when, when would you like to go back in time? And people, like, I want to go see the dinosaurs. I want to go to the Roman Empire. I want to go and see who wins this 1982 Cadillac. <laughs> exactly. Especially is, now that I know that they did different iterations of the tournament. In different we're moving on regions. to the next week. It is December 5th, 1981, Mid Atlantic Championship Wrestling. Here is. Sandy Scott putting himself over again. He says Ole Anderson is going to be here defending the tag team title with Ray Stevens. Our first look at uh, the Crippler here in Mid-Atlantic. We'll talk about him a bit later, but that is a... The original Crippler. The Crip- yes, so Crippler is going to be filling in for Gene Anderson, who is still injured. Uh, Sandy Scott puts over the Cadillac again. It's coming. It's coming. He's only been talking about it for a month and a half. But I'm sure it's coming sometime soon. They're just they're putting that true coat on. You're gonna want that true coat. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but you don't have to get a true coat. But 
It's okay. Oh, geez. All right. I'll check the lot. Opener is Jake <laughs> and Blackjack Mulligan Jr. versus Russo and Prater. Mulligan Jr. is the legendary Barry Windham who is dyeing his hair black or did he dye his hair blonde? Uh, I think he dyed his hair black because he wanted to look like senior, hence the gimmick. Connell puts over Jake's knee lift. Oh, he can send you into next week with that thing, which is pretty great. And then suddenly, Danny DeVito gets tagged in, but Jake takes him down with a headlock takeover. Uh, Danny DeVito tries to... How Irish dare you win. disrespect Russo? <laughs> okay, right. Fine. Russo DeVito tries to uh, Irish whip Wyndham into the ropes, but Wyndham reverses, and you can hear DeVito let out a, ooh, shit, as, as it gets reversed. And I swear to God, not only does he look like Danny DeVito, but that sound like a clip from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. <laughs> Did I get you, Cricket? Bob Connell talks about the tag title match, but they don't mention their opponents. That is frustrating um, to me. It's like, they tell you that Ole Anderson and Ray Stevens are going to be here. They're going to be wrestling for the tag team title. And now the announcers are putting it over. But we have no idea who they're going to be fighting. Like, come on. The match is in half an hour. Well, it's kind of a makeshift anyway because it's not It's not even the actual tag team no, champion. It's a substitution because Ray Stevens is in there. I would refer to it as a makeshift. They don't tell you who the opponents are because the opponents are, are two scrubs. They're not two scrubs. Only one guy is a bit of an unknown, but the other guy is um, Paul Jones. He's a legend. It's at Paul that Jones point. and uh, Nature Boy Buddy Landell. So actually, those are two pretty big names here. So I'm, I'm well, surprised. Well, Landell's kind of a. He's not as known at this point in time, but Paul Jones is a legend. Bob Cottle. Uh, yeah, right. Uh, so, like, what about Jake? Why, why isn't Jake in the in the tag team match now? He's never lost a tag team match. Surely they're the number one contender. Um, you know, I, I'll, if I had to put it in kayfabe terms, it's probably because uh, Arn Anderson, I mean, not Arne, Ole Anderson's probably like, no, 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 he's been jumping me from behind. I'm not giving him a title shot. He doesn't deserve it. I bet it was some sort of, like, so Tom politics like his way away from Jake, huh? He, it's interesting right, he's to me him. that... It's interesting to me that Ole Anderson can just pick whatever tag team partner he wants. Um, I, yeah, I wonder how they got to Ray Stevens. Like, did he like have to call him up and say, "Hey, can you help me out? I'll pay you some money." That could be. Because yeah, because yeah. because they kind of mentioned they kind of uh, uh, what's the word referred to it a little bit later on with Ray Stevens' promo. We'll. We'll get to that when we get to that. So Wyndham hits an Ole Anderson backbreaker where he puts the arm behind the back and then cha, really sweet move. And then a off the ropes and a knee drop ends this match. Uh, another win for Jake the Snake Roberts. Teaming with him is uh, is great because you're always going to win, but it's terrible because you're never going to have a shot at the tag team titles. It's weird because, like, Roberts, he's been doing all these tag matches. I think since we've started this, he's only had maybe one singles match, if I'm not mistaken, just one that we've seen. And um, it's like he's a singles wrestler, but he's caught in a tag team feud. That never ends. Uh, out next is Big John. Well, no, Scott. I mean, these feuds are supposed to be, these feuds are supposed to go on for at least three months. And we only started in uh, September, so we got to get at least get through January. I hope that at the at the end of it, we get to see a match on TV between them. I know the house show thing, but like I'm dying to see it. So, 
I, I, just want to I don't, like, dude. You're in the wrong time period. You're in the wrong time. Period. I'm never gonna be sad. I'm, I'm like my, I'm like my wife. I'm never gonna be satisfied. Hey, maybe you can find some gems. I mean, that's kind of what it was like back in the day, though. It's like the payoff was the the live show, not the TV show. So it's like you had to get tickets to go see it, and that's what it was for a lot of fans. Like, man, I'm not. I don't have the money. I don't have the the gas money. I don't have the time or whatever. I wish I could see it live, but that's what made you want to tune in week to week to find out who won the championship. We're gonna get it. Maybe we get a clip. Maybe the show's YouTube a clip. YouTube save me. Perhaps somebody has some handheld cam footage of this because I would be dying to see it. Anyway, I've seen one, you. and trust me, it's good. Um, I saw one from October, one of the uh, October shows that wasn't. Uh, we missed one of the mid middle October shows, and it was balls to the walls awesome. And it's only thirty minutes because. The only full match is the main event, Ric Flair in a strap match defending the title against Ole Anderson. All the oh, others are just kind of awesome. snippets, but it's great. Big John Studd is out now. It's crazy to see him so young and able. I'm very excited. It's the only uh, look I, I've ever got at him was from the early WWF days. So like WrestleMania 1 body slam match with Andre the Giant and then the Royal Rumble. But after that, he kind of just fades away. So... Now we're going to he see was him. he was voted in some worst feuds of the year in those later years in the mid eighties. Yeah, well here he he is absolutely awesome presence. Um, Big John Stein he's the Canadian eight, heavyweight champion. Yeah, so I was going to ask you, what belt is this? That is the NWA Toronto uh, territory Maple Leaf Wrestling's Canadian heavyweight championship and it's an awesome belt. i wonder if that shares the same lineage with the uh, title that lance storm would hold in the in the, in the 90s oh <laughs> no but that <laughs> title actually was deactivated when wwf bought it in 84 but it was reactivated uh, around 1998 by uh, nwa which made the comeback so that lineage that lineage still continues continue. to this day he calls blackjack mulligan a big redneck and he calls for the film of him walloping Barry Windham, which is or Blackjack uh, Mulligan Jr., which is pretty funny. He's like, let me let me have a video of, of me beating on your son again because I want to see that. Anyway, let's we listen, saw it listen again. to Big John here. Saw it again. I think you're going to have to pay for that. You're lost for words. I'm not paying for anything. I want to see Mulligan in the ring. I don't care where it is, Mulligan. If it takes slapping your son again, I'll do it again. Whatever it takes, Mulligan. I want to fight out of you. And If it takes slapping your son again... I'll do it again, John Studd says. That's a great way to get a feud going. You, oh, yeah. You, you slap, you slap the son to son? get to the father. Oh, yeah. Like, hitting, hitting somebody's family members is the, is the best way to do it, unless you're uh, Sasha Banks and Bailey and Lana, because then it's just uh, infuriating. Big John Studd exactly. versus Mike Prater. Uh, Big John Studd disrobes, and he is in great shape. Absolutely peacocking with lime green tights and bright red boots. He looks like a German version of Santa Claus or something. Well, he's an asshole in this match. Dude's got him beat within like the first three moves and then just keeps letting him up. Idiot Mike Prater tries to take a bear hug on Big John Stud, but no surprise, cannot get his arms around him. And then Idiot Mike, uh, Idiot Mike Prater tries us body slam. What a doofus this guy is. The two stupid well, moves. You know what I also know was foolish? The, both the commentators, Cottle and Crockett, kept referring to Prater 
as the next guy who I think would fight, which was uh, Tim Horner. I got Horner written down in all my notes, and I had to go back and change him because after Horner came out, I was very confused. And I had to <laughs> Me look. too. WWE Network had it right. How do the how do the commentators of the company don't even know who they're who they're looking at? Anyway, Stud slams Prater Horner back to 1971 with an absolutely huge scoop up high angle body slam, and then he does the Sheamus uh, kind of like Sheamus style. A blow where he like hooks him in the ropes and just clubs him over the chest. That is brutal, man. A big back. I'll say this: his two beats of the Bowery look more devastating than Sheamus's ten beats of the Bowery. I wouldn't want anything to do with this guy, man. He looked dangerous. A huge backbreaker by Stud pins him, but lets him up at two. As you said, he is just punishing now. A chop by Stud in the head that would make the big Kali, old great Kali blush. Another huge slam. And then, like, a Canadian backbreaker where he picks him up over his shoulder and just <laughs> taps him out. I would love to see this guy get in the ring with Blackjack Mulligan, man. These two, what a, what a, what a, what a car wreck that would be. Those guys would have several lights-out matches in the house shows in between the tapings. Lights-out. That's the only way that my wife will let me have sex with her as well. If you, you know. Anyway, <laughs> Sandy Scott is back out again, as this guy is now uh, on the show five times a week, putting himself over like Vince Russo. I can't wait until uh, Sandy Scott wins the World Heavyweight title inside a steel cage against Goldberg. He actually gets some business done here. He says that Gene Anderson better not interfere in this match. Uh, He keeps calling Roddy Piper Rodney Piper. Is that... Are those names interchangeable? Like Bill? Coddle? I, I, I don't know, but Coddle does the same thing. Uh, here's a contract uh, signing. Steamboat comes out, complete with a budding porn star mustache, is back with more letters, a whole hefty bag full. Sandy Scott is trying hard to put himself over, so Piper comes out to talk, and Sandy Scott cuts him off. Then Piper tries to talk again, and Sandy Scott tells him to shut up, not allowing Roddy Piper, the greatest talker in the history of wrestling, to talk. It's really annoying. No, no, I liked it because you want to make it seem like Roddy Piper, you have got to listen to this authority figure speak and do what he says or he will strip you of the belt. Because what's Roddy Piper been doing? He's been dipping and dodging, ducking and diving. He's been doing all the, the, the seven Ds or whatever it is from, from dodgeball. Dip, and so dodge, duck, dive, and deep dicking, I believe, is the... <laughs> and so he's like, yeah, so he's trying to... He's, he's playing the authority card and say, listen, you got to put the title on the line or we'll strip you of it. And Roddy Piper has to follow suit. I like it. Piper doesn't get a word in. He gets frustrated. Uh, and Steamboat requests that Piper sign the paper first so he can see it with his own eyes before he signs, which Sandy Scott enforces, forcing Piper to sign first. Piper furiously puts his name on the piece of paper and leaves. Steamboat goes to sign the contract, but realizes that Piper, uh, in his absolute intensity, broke the pen, which causes Quaddle to quip, Well, David, I'm glad that was your pen. (laughs) (laughs) Great stuff. Steamboat signs the contract. Now tell me that this is going to be a television match. They got a contract signed. It's got to happen on TV, right? Steamboat versus Piper. Why would would they give it away for free on TV? Because you can't. Because you, you can't, like, I, I get that, I get it, but you can't have nothing all the time. Once in a while, you got to have a, a humdoozer on the television. You're in show. the, you're in the wrong, you're, you're getting a tag Once team in a while. match. Once you're in a while, you got to give me a treat. you got to throw me a bone. The, you're talking about an error that doesn't exist for another four 
three, four years or so. But not everybody can get to the shows. Some people are in markets that will never have them. So once in a while, you've got to have some of this stuff on TV for, for their sake, right? Anyway, I'm hoping. They're not, they're, they don't make any money that way. I'm hoping, anyway. Um, Sergeant Slaughter comes out to watch the next Jim Nelson match versus Tim Horner. Blackjack is out with some very unkind words for Sergeant Slaughter. Says there was a time when Sandy Scott would have let him... So, he, like, now, again, with fucking Sandy Scott here, Blackjack says, oh, there's a time, Sandy, when you would have let me slap the Sarge right in the face. What did Sergeant Slaughter ever do to this guy? Sergeant Slaughter, he's been talking trash about uh, Mulligan ever since he showed up with his, with his kid. That Blackjack Mulligan is a real jerk. That's what I took away from this. Sergeant Slaughter didn't do anything to him. <laughs> he did. He was talking smack. Remember, every, every promo that occurs, you'll notice a pattern. The heels always put over the heels. The faces always put over the faces. So in any promo, you've got them talking smack, not just about the person they're feuding with, but also with the other people that their cohorts are feuding with. I think Blackjack Mulligan and Dusty Rhodes should uh, take a little bit of Justin life advice and don't bring your son to wrestling because they get beat up real bad every time you do it. <laughs> but that's what builds up the, that what builds up the sympathy, baby. They now you get over the Piper versus Steamboat. Hit him with again, bionic elbow. The announcers put over Piper versus Steamboat, which again, no date is announced. I hope we get to see this one. Uh, Sergeant Slaughter rightly chastises both of the commentators for talking about all this bullshit and not talking about Jim Nelson, who is at the moment on the receiving end of Horner's dropkicks. Nelson catches him with a clothesline for the win. No Cobra Clutch? That would have been better. I, I like that a lot more. No, I like it. He, he, he's, he's doing uh, Slaughter's routine. Last week, he hit him with the Cobra Clutch. This week, hit him with a very powerful clothesline, which I'm sure I've seen Slaughter finish people before. In fact, I think he actually eliminated one of the uh, bushwhackers in the 1990 Survivor Series with that same type of clothesline. Mm. Just boom, clothesline and pin him. We get a local ad. There will be a huge battle royal tonight at the Charlotte Coliseum, as well as Sergeant Slaughter versus Barry Windham. Um, and we get a nice exchange between Piper and Ole Anderson over what would happen if they fought for the Cadillac. Kind of like I could use a new so what that means, that, that means that just anybody did, yeah. can wrestle anybody. What that means is the pairing could mean you that know? I wrestle you, doesn't it? <laughs> and if that's that so... Means if you do, that means I drive the Cadillac. That's what it means. You know what? You could drive my Cadillac anytime you wanted to with me in the backseat. It would be a pleasure for you. Yes, it would be a pleasure for me to have you too. It's going to be a pleasure for me to win me one Cadillac. It's going to be a pleasure for me to do whatever I want to do. Let me tell you something, when it comes for a Cadillac, $20,000 on the line, ain't nobody going to drive that thing away but me. Gene and I, we're going to walk out with the Cadillac in Charlotte. Great stuff, man. I would, buy, I would be like lickety-split right down to the Charlotte Coliseum, sleep on the floor, and make sure I was first in line for tickets. I, and I, I'm sure there were people back then that did that. I love Piper's line where he says, you can chauffeur me around. Yeah, all he says, I'll be driving that Cadillac. And Piper says, yeah, you can drive my Cadillac anytime you want to with me in the back seat. It'll be a pleasure yeah. for you to have me. <laughs> it's so great. Uh, it's Jeff Sword is our, in our next contest. Jeff Sword versus the Indian, Jay Youngblood. Another capable Youngblood match. Jeff Sword catches him with a beauty of a backbreaker and stomps and clubs as he works the back, actually building up some nice offense. But Jay goes to the breadbasket, as Gorilla would say, catching him in the stomach off the ropes, and then chop, chop, rain dance, chop, chop, diving chop, and Jay Youngblood beats him. Good, quick match, fast pace. I love Jay Youngblood's pace. 
uh, kind of like uh, Tommy Richard they've been showing for the past couple of weeks. I like the fast pace guys. Yeah, I like it too. Like you say, good quick pace. Uh, I also enjoy Jay Youngblood's. Okay, get in there, get all your get get, get your stuff done in five minutes. A nice exciting match. Um, next, Junior and Jake are out for a promo, and uh, Junior wants the U.S. title. Jake wants to talk about Ole Anderson. So Junior's putting over his uh, Charlotte Coliseum match with uh, Sergeant Slaughter. And then Jake talks about Ole. I played that clip a little earlier in the uh, wrong spot, but you heard him talking about how there's only room. There ain't room for there ain't room for the both of us in this town, Ole Anderson. Then Blackjack Mulligan comes out and says, now you can see that they're all from Texas, says they're all Texas blood. He says he knows that Sergeant Slaughter was only a potato peeler in the military. If he runs into John Studd, he's going to bust up his big, ugly nose. Um, tough to say that he can't back up those words. This is a big, dangerous-looking dude. Well, in those uh, house show lights-out matches, I believe um, Mulligan gets the win every time. Tag team title match. Ole Anderson and the crippler, Ray Stevens, versus Paul Jones and the nature boy, Buddy Landell. Let's take a look at... Uh, uh, Ray Stevens here. In just a moment. So Ray Stevens making his professional wrestling debut in 1950. So at this point, a 31-year-old veteran. And holy smokes, you look to take a picture of this guy when his name was the Blonde Bomber. And he is an absolutely, uh, an absolutely beautiful man that he, he used to be. But now he's turned into somebody who kind of looks like a, uh, a potato. But that's okay. But but a pissed off potato. Yeah, he's still a that'll hurt you. Uh, professional wrestler. So obviously uh, formed legendary tag teams with Nick Bockwinkle and Pat Patterson, multiple time AWA champion. Uh, also WWF was in the WWF for quite a spell, and he gets the name the Crippler by breaking. I can't remember who it was, but he broke his leg uh, in in an angle, and then they turned him from the Blonde Bomber immediately into the Crippler, who I believe was the first Crippler in wrestling. What a great nickname for a wrestler. You can't, you can't get better than the Crippler. Especially when you have like a actual story to back it up like that. I haven't really uh, seen much or anything from Ray Stevens, only read about him in books and maybe seen a clip here or there, so I'm very excited to see this guy work. But unfortunately, this tag team title match is only set for a ten-minute time limit. Really? Why would you? Why would you do that? It's a title match. It's only an hour show. What are they going to do? TV, okay, TV time remaining, then. TV time remaining. Gene Anderson is out on commentary. Says that he will hold on to the belt with Ray Stevens' help. Buddy Landell and Jones are working over Ray Stevens to start. Ole gets tagged in and goes to work on the arm, the Ole Anderson special. They trap Landell in the corner and work him over, tagging in and out. Rapidly, Ole locks on a brutal-looking armbar, bending it way back. It's just not made to go that way, David, Crockett said, uh, Coddle says. Bob Coddle's great, isn't he? Oh, yeah. he. I, I like the old-school commentary. The more sports-oriented. Right. It feels like you're watching something real take place. It really uh, helps you suspend your disbelief. Like a lawyer at Harvard, he spent... Eight years studying for the bar of this armbar. That's my Mauro Ranello uh, impression. That was actually a pretty good one. <laughs> That's something stupid that he would say, right? Um, Landell fires back, but Ole traps him in a leg scissor uh, and tags out to Ray Stevens. That's so not allowing Landell to get to the other side of the ring. But he's desperately trying to get away now as the heel is absolutely brutalizing him. 
Finally, Landell blasts Soli down with a big right hand and makes a tag to Paul Jones. A house of fire, as Gorilla Monsoon would say, as he knocks the heels around with big right hands. Anderson whips Landell into Stevens. Whoops. And Stevens and Anderson start shoving each other. Now, that causes Gene to get out of the booth and go down to the ring and get involved, grabbing Paul Jones from the outside. Stevens hits a big knee on Buddy Landell, knocking him out cold on the spot and pinning him. The Andersons celebrate on the outside with the belts, but Ray, who got the pin, comes over and rips one of the belts from Ole's hands. The Andersons are furious, as you can hear Gene and Ole saying, that's our belt, on the outside. They think about going into the ring and getting it, but end up just leaving, making Ray Stevens look like a million bucks. What a match, what an angle, holy smokes. Right, and once again, they've introduced a new player into the mix. Very well done, Mid-Atlantic, very well done. Uh, a quick commentary about um, Gene Anderson. I think that's one of the reasons why they had to kind of phase him out. You can tell when they show him, he is not well. He is definitely ill. He, he's it got, looks like, like he has Parkinson's or something. You could, Right, he, it is uncontrollable. He's twitching a lot. And he's probably not safe to be inside the ring um, because of his condition. And I don't know when that started, but I bet at this point it was probably very apparent to everybody, oh, he's not, he's not well. Yeah, it's unfortunate. And I don't know what it is. I looked in to kind of see what he had, but they're, you know, like a, I'm not saying that this is exactly what happened, but like I was saying about, about uh, adult men in the 80s and doctors, he might have just not never had anything diagnosed. And he actually continues wrestling for another four years. So like you said, yeah. it doesn't seem safe to wrestle with a guy who's doing this all the time. But uh, yeah. Which, it, it was acceptable in the 80s. <laughs> <clears throat> Paul Jones, Jake Roberts, uh, and Mulligan put over the Battle Royal that is coming to the Charlotte tonight. Uh, man, I'd love to see that. The last match of the night is Carl Fergie versus Larry Hamilton. What? Skip it. Fergie wins with a big elbow. Anyway, here <laughs> comes Ray Stevens. And I did catch a little audio from this fantastic... Ray the Crippler Stevens. Ray, you really got mad at only. You got that belt? I'm going to tell you right now. Ole Anderson has been very expensive to me. He's cost me a lot of money. He's cost me the world championship in the past. And tonight he tried to sacrifice me like he did his stupid brother, Gene Anderson. Well, you know, I know he's his brother, so he's going to stick with him. But I'm going to tell you right now, Ole Anderson, I'm not your brother. I don't want to be your brother. I think you're rotten. I think you stink. And there's nobody in the wrestling business, or nobody in the world for that matter, who's going to sacrifice Ray Stevens and make a fool out of him just to save a match or to save something. Brother, Great you come Great stuff from uh, Ray Stevens here. So instant feud, like debut as a heel and then kind of end off as a maybe a face. I'm, I'm not sure really which direction this is going in, but uh, he's got half of the belts now. He took He took the belt that he earned. I love that. Just literally just takes it because he might as well have earned it. He got the score. He got the winning. Pin. He won. He got the pin. And what a great promo. He's like the second best promo on the on the show after right Piper. You know? Yeah, I, I totally agree. I was like, whoa, that, that, that got me all fired up now. Now you're building a card with uh, Piper versus Steamboat, Ole and uh, Ray Steve, Ole versus, and Ray Stevens are feuding, and Jake the Snake Roberts, uh, perhaps like uh, Ole Anderson and Ray Stevens versus Jake Roberts and Jay Youngblood or something. And uh, man, like I'm thinking about like the possibilities of the cards that you can build. I really love this kind of booking style because it really makes me want to see these these matches. 
You could pit Imagine anybody against the, anybody. The people getting hit, hit on each other in that battle royal. Like that's a perfect place for a battle royal. And and that's that's why you're never gonna see this on TV until they started the pay per views because they realize you know what we can draw people into our our live events by having them interact but not actually really having in a match. And it's just gonna it's gonna you gotta marinate it you know. Okay, that is it for our two Mid Atlantic Championship Wrestling shows. Um, next week we will be doing Mid Atlantic Championship Wrestling versus um, Mid Mid South. South. Mid Atlantic Championship Wrestling and Mid South from December twelfth. And next week we are also going to be beginning the. We'll talk about it now, and we'll start it next week. It is going to be the Battle Bowl. Lethal Lottery of WWE World Heavyweight Champions. We've taken all of the WWE title holders and we've mixed them in a pot and pulled out the teams just like the Lethal Lottery. And they are going to go one-on-one. Uh, we're going to rank... So oh, you want to you t- talk about uh, some of the teams here? You wanna, we can give a little preview of, of the teams. Uh, that are oh, we, definitely. Let's give a few teams we got going on. Or okay. should we mention so, the names but not the teams? We put all these teams into a pot here. Let me check. I, I got it saved on my phone here. Here's what we're going to do. We, all, we love to close these shows off with a, with a little bit of a game here. Um, I do have... So we put all the WWF champions. Now, this is the WWF title lineage, not the... Uh, the SmackDown title, not the Universal title or whatever bullshit that is. Just the WWE title lineage. And we put all the champions into a... Pool. A pool, and we drew out the teams. Do you have the uh, the photo of those teams? Because I switched my phone and I, I don't have them anymore. I should right over here. Just I, a moment. I had them on my computer, but I closed the tab to open another one. But anyway, bear with us a second here. I got him. Okay. Would you like me to go through groups one, all of them, or let's 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 do all the teams. Let's take a let's take a all look right. Now remember, folks, these were all drawn at random. Okay. We'll go through the random. matches too. We'll do so like whichever teams. We'll talk about the matchups. Oh, uh, the matchups. I don't think I saw something with the matchup. It's just like group one. Just whichever team is beside the other one. Like the first one will be Ray Mysterio and Orton versus. Got it. Okay. Okay. So all right. So the the first, team one is Ray Mysterio and Randy Orton. I like this team. I like this team. And they'll be going up against, ironically, the Mega Powers, Randy Savage and Hulk Hogan. Yeah. So, so Orton talk about. And, and I gotta say Orton Mysterio. Uh, very little chance. Oh, so before we continue, let's talk about how this is gonna work. So. Uh, basically, these games are just an excuse for us to talk about uh, these people's title runs. So we're going to go through, we're only considering how they were as champions, only as the World Heavyweight Champion. So we're going to talk about Orton's title reign, talk about Mysterio's title reign, and then compare it to Hogan and Savage's title reign and find out which team combined made better World Heavyweight champion. So obviously Hogan, one of the greatest heavyweight champions of all time. And then Savage, maybe I thought maybe you could argue that his, his title reign really wasn't that great. Um, he is a match. better he is a better IC champ, but we'll talk about that next week. We'll, we'll talk about that next week. So what's gonna happen is we're gonna pick the better team, and whichever team wins, we're gonna put them into the battle bowl. We're gonna rank. So if 
if Hogan and Savage win, then we're going to rank who is the better champion, Hogan or Savage. And then the next week, after the next match, we'll throw the other two winners into that battle bowl and we'll re-rank them until we have all the, the winners in the battle bowl. Uh, we'll, then we'll find out who is number one, the greatest champion of that pool. So you got Hulk Hogan. Uh, you know, so you, you could, theoretically, you could have Bret Hart, but perhaps he's teaming with uh, Kane and he doesn't even make it into the battle bowl because Kane was such a shitty champion. So... It's going to be interesting. But anyway, let's go through the rest of the right. teams. Right. The, the, the dynamic of the teams is what really mixes yes, it up yes, because you, yeah. could, you could have someone strong, but unfortunately pair with someone very weak. Okay. What's the All next right. matchup? So, next team, we've got Stone Cold Steve Austin teaming up with Psycho Sid. That's, a, that's, a, a good, that's an interesting team. Yeah, that I think that could go a lot of ways. Interesting. Uh, Sid's still alive, uh, I gotta say, pretty lackluster, but Austin is one of the best, so that'll be an interesting one. Well, they're going up against Big Daddy Cool Diesel and the Phenom, The Undertaker. That is, wow, that is gonna be uh, that's massive. That's gonna be a massive match. I love that team. I love that team, by the way. Um, Diesel, you love know, holding holding the belt for the entire year, but mm-hmm. lowest rated champion of all time. So, and then it's The Undertaker. Not really a great world right. champion. I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll be covering that. What's next? We've got the big red machine, Kane, against John Cena. Excuse me, teaming up with John Cena. Okay, now this team is is crazy because you got John Cena, 15-time world heavyweight champion, and Kane, who had the belt for a day on accident because <laughs> he, <laughs> he made Austin bleed at King of the Ring and lost it the next night. So... <laughs> How do you balance that? Oh, uh, I yeah, that that this that could be interesting. Well, they're taking on uh, Mr. Monday Night himself, RVD Rob Van Dam, and Alberto Del Rio. See it now, South? Hmm. That's not a very good team. So didn't, wasn't Rob Van Dam stripped of the title for smoking weed after he won it? Yeah, but Rob Van Dam is. I gotta see. I gotta go back and watch his run now because you said we're only looking at their run. Their reign. So yes, exactly. I got, I got, I gotta, I gotta. In fact, I gotta go back and rewatch Alberto Del Rio's reign. Well, that's what we're gonna do well. in between. Uh, yeah, let's, we got time. We got a whole week between each. Next up. Next up, we've got Y2J Chris Jericho. This is before he was the pain maker, of course. Teaming up. Oh wow, teaming up with Daniel Bryan. Oh my God! Yes, what a team. Talk the, about the a modern-day mega powers. Modern-day mega powers. Yeah, they're taking sure. on the uh, the what's the word? The glad handling JBL and Seth Rollins. Who? Who are they taking on? The glad handling Justin Bradshaw Layfield JBL uh-huh. and Seth Rollins. Or should I say Seth? Freaking Rollins. That'll be an inter- that'll be an interesting one as well. Yeah, like both those teams. Wow, because um, pretty Jericho clear-cut, pretty clear cut winner in, in that one. Uh, Jericho and, and uh, Jericho, Jericho and Daniel Bryan. Uh, hard, hard to beat that. Uh, I like JBL's reign though, so uh, maybe. maybe. Well, well, we'll find out. We're gonna find out. Come uh, week one, two, three, four. Come week four, we'll find out. All right. Uh, okay. Next up, we've got. Ooh, wow. Um, was he the golden boy, Bob Backlund? Ooh. 
teaming up with Batista, the animal. <laughs> All right. Is Batista's, bit, is Batista's dick bigger than uh, Backlund's five-year reign? I guess we're going to... What a team. That's a great team. They are taking on... Ooh, I don't know about this one. The Miz and Vince McMahon. Oh, man. No, 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 no. That's, that's a... That, well... Well, we're going. I'm we going to give him a fair shot. To, we are going to do the comparison. You may see an upset there, but I got to say that is a terrible team of world heavyweight I'm, champions. I am going to be as fair as I can be. I'm going to be honest. Let's just call next that up, one right what? now. It's over. <laughs> <laughs> next, next up, we've got Bruno Sammartino, arguably the greatest world champion of all time, teaming up with Dean Ambrose, a guy who was uh, kind Arguably of arguably uh, the worst heavyweight champion of all time. Uh, well, yeah, not a, not a very strong show. That's going to be a very bipolar team taking on. Hmm, interesting. All right, now this reads Bray Wyatt, not including the Fiend. So Bray Wyatt and Jeff Hardy, the enigma, the charismatic enigma. So that will be uh, yeah. So the Fiend is the universal champion or whatever right and so this, he's so not this in will it. be he... bray wyatt from that awful elimination chamber win to when he loses the belt like the very next month and then he retires for for two year. <laughs> so yes sir terrible yeah. champion and jeff hardy's not much better so <laughs> yeah that'll be but jeff hardy was the but jeff hardy was the guy you wanted to see well we'll, we'll talk about it later moving yeah, on we'll talk about it later We'll, we'll talk We've about got... blown potential on that on that team. That's what that's what their tag team name is. And coming to the ring at a combined <laughs> weight uh, at a combined booking time of twenty three years, it is blown <laughs> potential. Uh, speaking of potential, this person uh, exceeded all expectations. The Olympic hero Kurt Angle oh. teaming up with Kofi Kingston, oh. Kofi Mania. Oh. Wow. Yes. What a team. Kofi Mania. Yeah. Great, two oh, amazing boy. champions. I might be picking favorites now. Oh, boy. And they're, oh, boy. They're taking on the phenomenal AJ Styles, who is teaming up with Yokozuna. Wow. Oh, no. oh Yokozuna is one of my uh, favorite champions of all time. And AJ Styles is and AJ he, Styles. So I think that's the most exciting match uh, so far in round one. He, that's gonna be, yeah. I, I can see that going intriguing. either way, right down the middle. Me too. Next up, we've got Well is the Big Show teaming up with <laughs> the Big Dog. The Big Show and the Big Dog, Roman Reigns. Oh, boy. Yeah, and I gotta say, after watching uh, the entire season of the Big Show show, I just can't vote for him. I think he might go straight to the finals with me now after that show. <laughs> oh, God. We'll see. We'll see how the series. They're, but they're, but we'll be done they, watching the Big Show show by the time that match ends. So, who are they but, fighting? But they got to take on before they get to the finals. They got to get past the team of CM Punk, Chicago's finest, and. Superstar Billy Graham. Oh wow, that's an oh, that's an interesting one. I wonder what Billy Graham thought of CM Punk as champion. (laughs) (laughs) I bet those two would fight in real life if they met. Perhaps. (laughs) Next up, we've got Mankind, Mrs. Foley's little boy. That's gonna put a lot of butts in the seats. Mankind teaming up with 
Oh my! This might be my new favorite team. Teaming up with Brock Lesnar. Oh no! Wow! Yeah! Wow! One of the most feel-good champions of all time, and one of the most dominant champions of all time. Yeah, this that's going to be a tough team to beat. But they got to get past the Iron Sheik, one of the first major big heels in the in the sport. The biggest transitional champion ever. Yes. That's a good way of putting it. And he gets as his team and he gets as his teammate the most beloved superstar probably of all time, Eddie Guerrero. Wow. Uh, I don't think they have much of a chance, but uh, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, Eddie Guerrero is the man, but uh, oh, we'll find out. We'll find out. We'll find out, yes. Oh, Both boy, of their wins up. are huge. And Eddie Guerrero beat, beat Brock. You know, that's got to come into play. Oh, my goodness. We'll, we'll get to that. That's we'll awesome. We'll get to though. that. <laughs> Next up, we've got the modern-day Maharaja himself, Jinder Mahal. Oh, turn, turn it off. Oh, no. Well, maybe t- hold on to that clicker because he's teaming up with... The rated R superstar Edge. Oh, great. Oh, man. The only guy that can thwart that fucker John Cena. <laughs> they have to, te- they're teaming up to take on in the Maybe first the, round. He's got one of the best title wins of all time. The, the first ever Money in the Bank. Like that cash in. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's and just big. monster, monster heel runs, too. Yeah. All right. Who are they taking on? Another a set of monster heels. Boy, this is all heels in this, in this, uh, group right here uh so we got jinder mahal and edge taking on the game himself triple h Ooh, 11 times and he's mm-hmm, and he's partnering up with sergeant slaughter hey, hey another great transitional champion uh, there yeah this now, is this sergeant slaughter ser- uh, is jim nelson gonna gonna come into play at all <laughs> <laughs> you know, if he had come into play, he probably never would have lost that title ever. He'd still be champion today. And let's see. We've got the Nature Boy, Ric Flair. Ooh, the man himself. Royal Rumble? Ooh, baby. Teaming. Oh, my God. This is such a great team. We got Flair. He gets to team up with. The Rock, or should I say The Rock gets the team with the flair. The Rock, wow. Two of the best promos ever. Although, of course, we're only weighing them as WWF champions, so you don't really get to carry all those NWA promos into this. Oh, that's true. That's so. true. That's true. They're teaming up to take on the excellence of execution, Bret the Hitman Hart. Oh, my. And Bret Hart has... Who won the title from Ric Flair. Uh, yeah, the irony. Uh, Bret Hart taking on somebody who we would probably also fight in real life, the Ultimate Warrior. Great, a great champion. Uh, well, I don't know, le- like legendarily bad run, but one of my favorites. You know, it's the Bret Hart and the Ultimate Warrior. He... That's a team. That's a team to beat the band, man. Like two, two of the a- a- exact opposite spectrums of professional wrestling. I think I saw images of the Ultimate Warrior as the champion before I even saw Hulk Hogan hold the belt. I saw images of Brandy Rhodes without her shirt. <laughs> I'm jealous. <laughs> and I guess, and I guess, lastly, who gets a buy? I guess they get a buy because it's an odd number. Uh, is the team of Sheamus 
Remember the whole uh, 515 beating Roman Reigns plus several other Reigns? That's going to be interesting. He gets to team up with the showstopper, the icon, oh, the main ooh. event, HBK, Shawn Michaels. So I thought for uh, I thought for the last one, um, Sheamus and HBK, that you and I could each get like a, a, a save for a team that we wanted to see get a, like a second chance. And then we could put those two teams and them in like a triple threat. Ah, yes, I like that. So we'll do our thing, and whoever gets eliminated, one of those, they'll get, we each get a save, and, yeah, they, and they each go up against But you know how these games, we just, well, make so as, we just make it up as we go along, and the rules don't matter. So we'll see how it plays out. So next week will be Orton and Mysterio versus the Mega Powers. Who were the better champions? You're going to find out right here on Territory Tales. It is, that is, this one's like the most fun uh, extracurricular activity we, we've done yet. I can't wait to dig into this one. Yeah, because there's so many different uh, scenarios that could pop up and will pop up as a result. We're going to come at you next week with the world title histories of all of these guys, rating and reviewing and battling them and then throwing them into the battle. Don't forget the battle bowl because after your team wins, you got to go in to and, and face everybody that wins. See who's the best champion. It's going to be good. Anyway, that's it for Territory Tales. I, I gave you the rundown at the beginning of the show. Uh, thank you for joining us. You can catch us this. Uh, so I got a hockey game again. This is the last one. We're in the finals. So it'll be Friday, this Friday, 9 p.m. on Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash WrestleChat. We will be talking NXT and AEW and reviewing Season 1, Episode 7 of The Big Show Show. And then we'll be right back here same time next week for Territory Tales. So join us, follow us, love us, subscribe us, or just, uh, you know, delete us and fuck off. If you, if you, <laughs> That's it for today. Uh, Justin, leave them with some words of advice. We're done. Actually, I want to leave the people with both of us giving our, right off the top of our head, a sleeper pick for the winner of this whole Battle Bowl tournament. And my sleeper pick is Visit Man because he's the boss. You, go. I'm gonna. I'm going to pick uh, Yokozuna for an entire year of heel domination, which never happens in WWE. I like right. how he picked a sincere one because mine was not sincere. <laughs> Peace. <laughs> I, I, mean, you know, I don't think. I, I don't think Yokozuna is gonna win. But that, there it is. All right. Thank never. you for joining us, and we will see you on the other side. And until then, let's get physical. Physical.